This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure, 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. Muck Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with Muck Delivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. It's Friday night. It's the preview show. It's the No Nay Never Podcast! Hello and welcome to the preview show brought to you by the No Nay Never Podcast. I'm your host Natalie Bromley and joining me as ever is the main man himself, the headliner, the absolute boss, Dave Statman Roberts. Dave! Hello. Hello, Natalie. Good to be back. And um, yeah, you've had an exciting week, haven't you, this week? I have had an exciting week. Well, it was it was a kind of non-exciting week because we had Newcastle away, which we'll come on to talk to in a minute. And then it ended very excitedly. But then I was also sad because we missed the preview show last week because of we stupid did. work. And yeah, it's been a bit up and down this week, Dave. But um, I guess let's let's start very briefly, I think. Um, for those regular listeners will know why. We, we haven't had um, a podcast this week. So we haven't really talked amongst ourselves about that very important, um, albeit slightly boring, um, draw away at Newcastle last week. What did you think of the game in the end? Um, well, it wasn't... Uh, <laughs> there, there won't be too much written about it, but the end of the day, we got a, a point out of it. A point, I think, on a, an away game is always a good result. Um, and I look back on last season, pretty much 12 months ago, wasn't it, when we played um, up at Newcastle. We uh, didn't have a, a very good game. They scored two first-half goals and uh, we didn't get anything out of it. So it's certainly an improvement on that from a result perspective. Um, and at the end of the day, it's a, it's a good point, I think. Yeah, I think so too. And I think we were talking about this off air before we came on. I think people are a little bit too quick to turn their noses up at a point. Um, but you've got to attribute a certain value to every point you get in the Premier League. And a point away from home is very, very valuable. I think it's certainly a a more impressive result for us than it was with Newcastle. I think they'll be, they'll be more aggrieved that they didn't manage to, to get the win. Um, I thought... I thought we did look better when Chris Wood came on, albeit um, I'm kind of pleased that he he started with with Matty Vidra up front for that game and, and give him a consistent run in in the in the um, in the squad. Um, it was a difficult game, I think, though, for Matty, wasn't it? it? Didn't quite fall for him in the end, but I was still relatively encouraged by his work rate and his his desire to go and get those goals, weren't you? Yeah, very much so. I think he's the sort of player where 
I think he'll benefit from having a, a decent run. I think it's 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 going to be difficult now, isn't it? Chris Wood um, back to reasonably full fitness. I think he's going to be um, certainly available for uh, for Saturday's game. Um, Ashley Barnes is back in training, but he's not going to be available for for Saturday. So it's one of those where we do have the strikers and we we're able to have some options now, which is uh, a good thing as well. Yeah, it really is, and I think I think we've got different options in terms of styles of play and like physical presence and yeah. formations. And and when Ashley comes back as well, I think we're just going to be a little bit spoilt for choice. Um, what another clean sheet for Pope though? Of course, puts him in the lead at the moment on uh, on the on the hunt for the Golden Glove Award. That's impressive, isn't it? It does. He's got eleven now, and uh, I saw the news today that um, Alison for Liverpool's uh, out on uh, this weekend as well. So um, an opportunity oh, really? to extend that lead. Yeah, yeah. I'm not massively um, expecting um, a result. We'll talk about that later on, obviously. So I'm not. I'm not massively expecting us to get something for. Ooh. Where did that noise come from? Dave? I didn't hear anything. Did you hear that? Did no. you not hear anything? <gasps> Listeners, we've got gremlins in the preview show. <laughs> I was mid-talk then, and the No Near Never theme tune started playing really loudly in my ear. Oh. Okay, listeners, either it's been a harder week than I first thought, or we have gremlins. Um, and I've lost. I've completely lost my train of thought, Dave, so let's, let's <laughs> move on a little bit. Um... A little bit of, of news before we move on to actually preview that Spurs game at home. Um, clearly, everybody knows that we're in the midst of a um, coronavirus pandemic. Are we actually calling it a pandemic yet? Or is it's that not that. No, 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 no. We're not panicking that? yet. We're in the containment phase. <laughs> oh, in containment. Okay. Yes. Yeah. They tr- no, no, we've moved from the containment phase. We're in delaying phase. Oh, I wait, right. That okay. today. We're in delaying phase. So we're in the delaying phase of the coronavirus. And Dave, there's been some Premier League news ahead of this weekend's fixtures. Uh, well, yes, the Premier League have announced that they've um, banned pre-match handshakes. So where the uh, players and the officials shake hands before the match, they're not going to be doing that now until uh, further notice. Oh, OK. Well, that's. I think that's probably a, a better option than just playing all the games behind closed doors but given that these players are going to run around the pitch tackling each other we know that some players are quite bad at spitting on the pitch or expelling clearing their airways shall we just say and there's going to be some physical contact I'm not entirely sure that banning the handshake is going to work, do you, Dave? It might be symbolic, might that, I think, uh, more than anything else. I don't yeah. know how uh, how much effect that will actually have. Yeah, well, um, and I, I believe you've just put in our show notes, Dave, but I'm not really sure where this is heading, but you see you've got a question for me. This um, is yeah, the question is, how many current or former footballers have you shaken hands with this week? <gasps> oh, Dave, I like <laughs> it. Ah, well... Funny you should mention that, Dave Roberts, because I shook hands twice with a a rather spectacular former footballer of Burnley Football Club this week. And listeners, I am, of course... Who could that possibly be? Well, I'm, of course, talking about our, well, the scoop of the decade for us. Um, None and ever were invited to go and interview Burnley legend Ian Wright um, on Monday. Um, Essentially, just to talk about his time at the club. Um, Valentine's Day this year was, of course, the 20th anniversary since he joined Clarets Understands and and got Stans side promotion to the championship. Uh, I think we 
which I believe was behind Preston and with Wigan in the playoffs, if I remember rightly. Um, and it was just absolutely spectacular. It was an utter joy. The man is a very lovely individual and he's got quite an interesting balance from being an unbelievable superstar I just found myself sat across from him just thinking you're Ian Wright you literally are Ian Wright and this is crazy um yeah absolutely (laughs) but then at the same time I felt like I was sat on the sofa having a chat with like my next door neighbor he is so ridiculously down to earth um but I think my main takeaway from it Dave was um the specificity with which he talked he I didn't know how much he would remember of his time whether it was just the end of his career whether it was a particularly defining moment in his career or you know whether he would have really good stories to tell and he remembers in great detail and the stories that he told you know he remembers goals games clubs um, incidents stands Friday court he remembers so much and the enthusiasm with which he talked and the details that he provided left me absolutely with no doubt that he genuinely loved his time at Burnley and he he looks back fondly on it so so guys if you've not checked it out yet um do go and listen please it is um, an absolutely fantastic interview and just gave me all the nostalgia feels that you can um so I guess question straight back at you then, Dave. Have you shaken hands with any former or like past players this week? Uh, well, no, I can go one better than that. I shook hands with a current player. Uh, we, <laughs> I, I was How doing the I was doing the commentary with uh, Phil Bird for the uh, FA Youth uh, Cup match that was on uh, Wednesday evening over at. Uh, at Manchester City, and we were there set up. We went on air about five, ten minutes before kickoff. Uh, and who should walk in front of us but uh, current Burnley captain Ben Mee? Um, who, of wow. course, of course, he was the winning captain in 2008, so 12 years ago. He was at Manchester City and he was the um, the winning captain. Goodness me. Well, that was exciting. Oh, you always have to go on better than me, Dave, just because it's your show. Uh, <laughs> well, that's it. But, but did you actually shake hands or did you have to do the 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 elbow shake. No, no, we, we 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 shook hands, shook hands with Phil, shook hands with me, and then he, uh, Phil had a, a chat with him for a couple of minutes before we uh, before the match kicked off. It was uh, good to have his uh, his insight before the game for uh, Claret's player listeners. Oh, excellent! He's a nice guy, Ben Mee. I've yes, such yeah. a lot of time for him. He's just an absolute sweetheart. That said, listeners, if Ben Mee is absent from tomorrow's um, game and is it suddenly mysteriously in quarantine, then we know full well that Dave Statman Roberts is in fact patient zero. No, I've got very um, good hand hygiene here. <laughs> Yes, I have. I've got to say, I mean, I've got good hand hygiene anyway, but I'm starting to get tiny little blisters on my hands because I'm just what this 20 second rule and every single time you touch something, it's it's getting it's quite burdensome. Um, anyway, Dave, let's move on. Uh, before we go to look at the Spurs game, we have two quiz questions to look at. Now, we'll go a couple of weeks back ahead of our Bournemouth preview show where that question, I'd forgotten all about this actually, was... Burnley and Bournemouth played out a 0-0 draw at Turf Moor in April 1996, but after keeper Wayne Russell was sent off for a professional foul in the 76th minute, which outfield player took the gloves and saw the resultant spot kick, strike, a post and rebound to safety? Those words were in a very jumbled order on my screen, I'm sorry. Um, What was the answer to that one, young Dave? Uh, the correct answer was uh, David Ayres. He took the gloves. Um, he didn't save the penalty, but he saw the penalty at the post and go away. And he also kept a clean sheet for the remaining 13 minutes, whatever was left. And it was a, a nil-nil draw. So that was a job done with uh, with 10 men. Excellent. Good on you, Ayres. Ooh, David Ayres. Ooh, David 
David Ezra, remember that song? I do like it when I get an opportunity on the preview show. I don't really get this on the main show. It's very serious is the main podcast, but we like to have a little bit of a laugh, don't we, on the, the preview show, Dave, and I get to have a bit of a sing song. Um, any correct answers then to the David Ayres question? Uh, we had quite a few, yeah. We had correct answers Ooh. from uh, John Robertson, uh, Rob Thomas, uh, Man Bong Pang on Facebook, uh, Ben BFC, Hearts Clarets, Jim Barry and uh, Todd Claret as well. They all got the correct answer. They knew that it was David Ayres. Excellent. Well done, them men. Um, second question, which was obviously the one that we had to post last week via our social media channels. Um, this was prior to the Newcastle game. And the question Dave asked was, uh, blah, 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 blah. who had scored the most goals for Burnley since Sean Dyche took over as manager? <gasps> I think I know who this is. Who was it, Dave? What was the answer? What do you think it was? Sam Vokes. Correct, yes. yes. Uh, the, 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 re- the reason why this question came in was it was actually a milestone. with uh, the, uh, the previous match, I think the Bournemouth game, I think the first goal in that game was the 400th goal that Burnley had scored under Sean Dyche since he took over. Oh, wow. So we'd also scored the 401st and 402nd, um, but we got the 400 milestone. So I thought it'd be interesting to look back and see which players had scored the most. Uh, Sam Vokes, as you correctly um, knew, uh, he was top with 62. Uh, but I'd also asked uh, for a bonus question as well, which other players had scored 30 or more goals in that time? Okay. And what? who were those players? Well, in order, behind uh, Sam Vokes, uh, Ashley Barnes scored 43, uh, Danny Ings with 40, Chris Wood with 34, and Andre Gray with 33. Wow. I've got to say, there's quite a big difference between Vokesy on 62 and Barnes on 43. Well, yeah, he had a, a year or two head start as well, didn't he? So yeah. uh, that's, uh, that's helpful. That's true. And I've got to say, I would have... If I was answering this last week, I would have put Barnes and Ings the other way around. If you'd have said to me, one's on 43, one's on 40, I'd have put Danny on 43. But he's done, God, he's done well as Ashley, hasn't he? He has, very much so. Considering, considering he came to us in that panic moment when we were trying to get promoted in 2014, he came from lower division. We didn't think he was up to the championship at the time. Given for him to go on and score that many goals, I do love him. It's amazing. Um, so, who who got correct answers for that question? Uh, well, we only had the one that got them all right. So we had uh, Jacob Sapwell. He'd been in touch. He knew that Sam Vokes was the top scorer, and he also got all four of the other names. Uh, John Robertson also knew that Sam Vokes was the top scorer, and he came really close in his attempt to name all the other players, but just missed out at the end. But um, never mind. John Robertson. That is a B minus for you this week. You're gonna have to up your game next week. We've got a new, we've got a new pretender to your crown. Is that the right phrase, pretender? Yes. Um, yeah, Jacob Sapwell's gonna be taking over as number one fan, John Robertson. If you don't, and, and actually, there's quite a few actually who probably take the crown of number one fan, but I do like to um, tease John Robertson because he's uh, he's a gem. Um, Right, okay, so stay tuned, guys, because obviously those are two quiz questions that we've caught up on. But as ever, we are going to be setting another question for you at the end of this show. Opposition stats. So moving swiftly on, Dave, we have the small matter of a game to preview, which is kind of why we're here. Um, we, you know, we, we get sidetracked a bit, don't we, with uh, with other fun things, but we do have to look at a game. And we are back at Turf Moor this weekend for a home tie against Tottenham Hotspur. Saturday the 7th of March at a 5.30 kickoff. We are live on Sky Sports at the weekend. Um, Dave, why don't you kick us off and let, tell us what's happened since we last met? 
yes, a bit of background on that. Uh, obviously, Burnley suffered a heavy 5-0 defeat on our first ever visit to the new Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. That was back in December. Uh, that was just a couple of weeks after new manager Jose Mourinho had taken over from Mauricio Pochettino. Uh, and following that defeat, Burnley were in 13th place on 18 points and Spurs were in sixth place. They were five points ahead of us on 23 points. Uh, but that gap has closed in recent weeks. Uh, and a home win for Burnley this Saturday would take the Clarets ahead of Spurs, who are currently just two points ahead of us on 14. Excellent. So let's have a look at some specific stats then, Dave. What's the heaviest Burnley defeat at Turf Moor? Uh, well, Spurs have come away from Turf Moor with a victory by a margin of three goals on three separate occasions, um, as well as a 4-1 win they had in a first division match. That's going way back in uh, February 1924. Uh, Spurs have been victors by three goals to nil twice. Uh, so in addition to a 3-0 League Cup win in November 2004, the scoreline was the same, 3-0, just before Christmas 2017. That was a Premier League meeting, and in that game, Harry Kane scored a hat-trick. Excellent. Um, and what about the... Well, <laughs> an excellent stat, not an excellent result, obviously. Um, and there was an element of sarcasm in there. Um, what about the biggest Burnley win then at Turf Moor? Uh, we can go a little bit better than that. In terms of big Burnley wins, the Clarets have beaten Spurs at Turf Moor by a five-goal margin twice. Uh, there was a 5-0 win that uh, not many people will remember. That's going back to November 1926 and included a George Beale hat-trick. Uh, and in April 1964, the goals were shared out a little bit more evenly in a 7-2 win. Uh, Gordon Harris, Brian O'Neill and Willie Irvin each scored a brace, uh, with Andy Lockhead scoring the other goal. Excellent. Um, what about Burnley's last win then? Can we perhaps combine that with last season's meeting by any chance? Yes, we've done this once or twice a season. That's the same again. We can combine both questions with a single answer. Uh, so we did pull off an impressive home victory last season uh, when the teams met at Turf Moor and that was in February, just over 12 months ago. Um, after a goalless first half, Chris Wood gave Burnley the lead. He nodded home a Dwight McNeil corner. Uh, but Spurs hit back, if you remember, with a controversial goal. Uh, the ball went out to play and the fourth official was uh, very quick off the mark, retrieving oh, it for a Spurs yeah. throw near the halfway line, stole a few yards, and it was Harry Kane, that man again, who went on to net the equaliser. But um, it wasn't, uh, it wasn't, all wasn't lost. Ashley Barnes scored the winning goal uh, in the 83rd minute to seal the victory and three valuable points. Oh, I've forgotten all about that. I was outraged at the time. And then I remember Pop it was a... Poch went mad at the end, didn't he, if you remember? Yeah, he did. But, yeah, we'll just replace Poch for Jose and we'll, we expect the same thing happen this week. Um, OK, let's have a look at some head-to-head -head stats then, please, Dave. Yeah, well, we've faced Spurs in a total of 116 matches. That's at all venues. Uh, but, as usual, we'll focus on our past home games. Uh, so, our overall home record against Spurs stands at played 55. Uh, we've won 29 of those, drawn 16 and lost 10. That gives us a win percentage of 52.7%, which is uh, slightly better than our overall home average win percentage against all the other teams in the division. And that stands at almost exactly 50%. Uh, when we look at top flight home matches only, uh, we've played 39 times at Turf Moor. We've won 20, drawn 11 and lost 8, giving us a similar win percentage. That's 515 3%. Uh, when we look at Premier League games only, we've played Spurs five times since 2009. Uh, Burnley have won twice, drawn once and lost twice. 
Oh, excellent. We'll have to see what happens after this weekend, Dave. I think that's uh, some funny stats in the middle of there, but also some good stats, I think. Um, talking to the game itself then, Dave, who's the man in the middle? Who's going to be refereeing the game? Uh, we've got John Moss. He's been given the job of refereeing this Saturday evening's match at Turf Moor. Um, he's already taken charge of two of our away matches so far this season. Uh, he was there for the defeat at Leicester City with that uh, controversial, uh, well, non-goal, uh, Chris Wood's goal being disallowed, but that was the uh, uh, the video assistant who, who ruled that one out and denied us a point. Um, and he was also there for our victory against Manchester United at Old Trafford. Um, and it's Craig Pawson's turn to be the VAR this week. Interestingly, with us being the evening kickoff for TV, he hasn't been put on VAR duties for the lunchtime kickoff, which has happened quite a few times this season. I think maybe they've got wise to that now. And if there's controversy in the early game, they don't really want to have them in the late game as well. So he's just doing our game by the looks of it and uh, not any other. Oh, that's interesting. So often they do more than one game. I suppose that makes sense, doesn't it? Because they're in the studio, so they yeah. must do all of the fixtures. Previously they have, but I think controversy has, uh, has put um, an end to that. Or controversy that and VAR, surely two words are not going the same sentence. Celebrity fans! Finally then, our, our new feature for the second half of this season. Who are Tottenham Hotspur's celebrity fans? Yeah, well here's the name of just seven of Spurs' famous fans, which we've picked out to mention. Uh, Lord Alan Sugar. Actor Jude Law, comedian Michael McIntyre, singer Lamar, actor Kenneth Branagh, DJ Simon Mayo, and actress Patsy Kensit. What a wonderfully diverse selection of celebrity fans, Dave. And I've, I've, I do, I do go on and check. If you think I don't research this show, I do go on and check. And for the majority of them, there are either tweets from them or even pictures. I've seen pictures of Michael McIntyre there with a. Um, uh, a Tottenham lanyard on and with, with fans and Lamar on the pitch and Patsy Kensit tweeting her support for, for Tottenham as well. And obviously Alan Sugar, he's uh, he's always going on about Spurs, isn't he? So, uh, yeah, they seem to have people who are vocal about it, but whether any of them will be there at Turf Moor this weekend, either in the cricket field stand or in the posh seats, we'll just have to wait and see. Yeah, we will. Uh, just to clarify a quick point, Dave, there's absolutely nobody in the world who thinks you don't research before the show. <laughs> Statman Dave's Stat of the Week. Well, let's not end there because I know you and I know how much you like to spoil our listeners. So why don't you delve deep into the banks of Dave and let us have your miscellaneous Stat of the Week. Yeah, well, this week's stat of the week is uh, regarding the opposition manager. Uh, Jose Mourinho is now in charge of his third different Premier League club. And although Sean Dyche has been in charge for Burnley wins against all of Chelsea, Manchester United and Spurs over the years, he's yet to see a Burnley win in any of the eight previous meetings where Jose has been in charge of any of these clubs. So far, he's been involved in eight matches, uh, two against Chelsea, five against Man United and one against Spurs earlier this season, uh, which have ended as, from a Burnley perspective, three draws and five defeats. So we're hoping Sean Dyche can make it ninth time lucky with a win over Jose this Saturday. Indeed. That famous lucky number nine. Ninth time lucky. Um, so how, how, are you feel, how are you feeling about the weekend, Dave? I'm, I'm going to set this little feature out off the block straight away. I cannot see anything other than a Burnley win at the weekend. Very confident, aren't you? Very, very confident. Mm. They are in absolute... Did you see the nonsense in the press this week where Jose's told his board 
that they have to choose which game he has to prioritise, us at the weekend or the Champions League game midweek. I did see that, yes. Yeah, that is a bold stance for a manager who's already under pressure after a very short period of time. Or maybe it's just deflection. He's trying to uh, to take a bit of the pressure off. That might be yeah. another thing. He's a, an expert in uh, in that. I did actually see they, they posted a few um, clips from the press conference. Obviously, do the pre match um, press conferences, and he was actually very complimentary about Burnley and Sean Dyche. Obviously, saying that uh, Burnley was a tough place to to go to, and uh, obviously other teams have have come away with uh, with with nothing. So again, it might be a case of trying to get his excuses in first, but. I'm 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 maybe of a different mind to you. I'm I'm kind of thinking, well, maybe the expect expectation levels are going too far the other way. So there's an expectation that's now too high in terms of Burnley fans as to what we're going to do on Saturday. Obviously, I think we can win, and I hope we do win. But I think just at the back of my mind, I'm thinking, yeah, is, is Jose going to come and park the bus, and are we going to? Is he going to play for a draw? Is he going to try and get a a dodgy win on the on the break or or what? So I think we just have to be a little bit wary. I think there's still um, still a tough side to play against. They are missing striking options, um, but it won't be an easy game on on Saturday. Yeah, I mean it won't be an easy game in that they're obviously one of the top six, six seven sides for a reason. But they're not playing very well and they are struggling to score goals. And if you look at the the I guess the form going into both of these sides, we are riding high on confidence and we're very well drilled and we're very um, organised and we know exactly what we want to do and they're all over the place. I mean, I understand your caution and I know you you can be a very cautious fan at times, Dave, but I don't don't see anything wrong with being overly optimistic or having high expectations. I think think it's about time we did as Burnley. I I guess what I'm getting at is we seem to spend a significant amount of time just being cautious and saying, you know, oh, you know, we've just got to be grateful for what we've got to, it, you know, remember Orient and, you know, let, let's figure, not forget where we've come from. And I think sometimes when we are in the safe position that we are and we are doing as well as we are in the second half of the season, just embrace it and have a bit, allow yourself to have a bit of an ego. I'm, I'm going to take it on for both of us, Dave, and I'm going to be overly optimistic. You can stay cautious. I'll okay. Do it for both of us. That's that's better. <laughs> Excellent. Um, quick score prediction then? Um, I'm going to go for a draw. I think it'll be 1-1. One, one. Oh, you so honestly live a little, Dave. I'm going to go for a Burnley win, 2-0. There you go. Who are you going to start up front? If, if Woods fit, do you bring him straight in or do you stick with Matty and, v- and Jay? I think he might be tempted to bring Woody back in. I think it might mm. be Woody and Woody and Jay. You really feel for Vigil, though, if he does that, don't you? It's very tough. Very tough. Uh, but I expect, though, even if he starts with Woody, we'll see Vidra at some point. He might start with Woody and Vidra. No. No way can you drop Jay at the moment. <laughs> no way. If he does that, I'm going to. I'm walking to the bobble old stand to that dugout and I'm going to oi, mister, what are you doing? Yeah, no, I think, I, think out of, I think out of the four strikers, even if Ashley was fit, I think Jay actually starts every game at the moment. I think he's playing fantastically well um yeah well let's see then there you go listeners why don't you let us know briefly what your score predictions are you know how to get in touch tweet us at no nay never fantasy premier league update okay let's finish this week's show with a look at the fantasy premier league the much loved highly competitive and much coveted title of our fantasy premier league league which is a feature i love so much i love this competition not 
I haven't missed this. You say love or loathe? Love. <laughs> love, love, love. Read into that what you will, Dave Roberts. Um, I haven't missed this in two weeks, but I suppose we're going to have to... Yay! Champion. And actually, I'm really, I genuinely am very delighted for the guys who are doing well and the girls who are doing well at the top of our league. I just I don't like the bit where we talk about where I am. So go on, Dave. Kick us off. Who are the movers and shakers in our league? It was quite a low-scoring week uh, last week. Several teams weren't playing, and there were one or two surprise results as well. Uh, Bennett Howarth remains at the top of the No Name Ever Fancy League. Uh, moving up to second place is Tall Paul, uh, which means that John Sutcliffe sit, slips back into third. Um, we've got 10 rounds of matches still to play, so we're bound to see even more fierce competition for places at the very top of the table. But we did see a change at the top of the Mini League for the No Name Ever team last week. As George Am I now in the lead? Uh, no. Uh, George Poole overtook Richard Steele. No. Yes. Ooh, I'm going to go yes. and stalk for fire when I get him that. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's, uh, I, I thought I would be in the lead by now. Well, well, we've got an update on, on that, if you if you like. Mm, um, I don't know. <laughs> uh, qu- quick mention, actually. Don't forget, Tall Paul, I know you're listening. Um, I think we did say a couple of weeks ago before the Bournemouth game to get in touch because you're some kind of fantasy football genius and I want to get you on the show. So don't forget, drop me a line and then we can sort that out before the end of the season. Sorry, please do carry on, Dave. And for anyone who's still interested, uh, my Burnley Stats team moved up another eight places to 118th, so improving slightly. And your Dingle Bells team, Natalie, dropped back another place. So you're back down to 163rd out of 164 now. Mm. Hang on a minute, you're in 118th? Yes. Like for most of this season, you were only about a couple of places above me. What? No, what? I've been well above you. Hmm. Comfortably above. Hmm. Well, I'm not last. Let's look at that anyway. <laughs> uh, I refuse to finish the season last. Uh, what about the Dream Team update then, please? Uh, well, there weren't any Burnley players in the game week 28 Dream Team, although Nick Pope only just missed out by one point. I think he scored... 10 with his bonus points. I think the goalkeeper, I can't remember who it was, who was in there, but got 11 points. Um, but he stretched his lead as Nick Pope as the highest scoring Burnley player, as well as the highest scoring goalkeeper overall. Um, and there was also an interesting tweet since our last update from the official Fantasy Premier League. Uh, they confirmed that Nick Pope is now the best value player in any position. So that's looking at uh, points per million. So looking at the uh, transfer fee value um, and the number of points they've earned, Nick Pope is the best value player in any position across the whole league. Wow. that's imp- Nick Pope's just smashing it this season on every single front. Good lad. Oh, actually, that's a quick thing. Producer Matt um, was doing this today, so I need to, to remember this. Um, we have tweeted out from the None and Ever account the nominations for the Barclays Manager of the Month and Player of the Month and Dyche and Nick Pope are both in there. So We've got four, we've got a clean sweep. There's four. There's young, I think young player, oh. Dwight McNeil, player, uh, goal and manager. So there's, there's four different ones to vote for and they're all really easy to do. You go on, on there, you click a button, you don't have to register, you don't have to put an email address in. It's really easy to do. So I think we, we have tweeted the links out from the No Name Ever account and we'll probably retweet those again, but follow the links and, uh, and get your votes in. Excellent. Who got the goal? Was it Matter? I presume? Uh, yes, yeah. yeah. Excellent. His first one? Uh, yes. Well, yeah, excellent. Although, to be fair... The, the second one I scored, you could probably argue that was a decent one as well. But, oh, good for him. Oh, would it be ace if we got all four? There's no way that the football gods are going to let us do all four, is there? 
Well, the problem is it's it's done on votes, so obviously I think the obviously bigger fan bases for the uh, other sides is probably going to uh, go in their favour, unless all the uh, uh, other teams vote against them and uh, and come on our side. So maybe it needs a social media campaign to uh, try and up the vote. I don't think Burnley are that popular, to be honest. People don't tend to... They're probably out of spite would just vote against us for no reason. Uh, well, well, we'll give you another Fantasy Premier League update in our next preview show as we get ever closer to finding out who will win this season's No Nay Never League, along with the prestige that it brings. Although there is no prize. And do not rule out a late surge from Natalie Bromley's Dingle Bells to take that first prize. And finally, Dave, let's leave our listeners with the quiz question. Hit us with it, please. Okay, yeah, we've got a a question here, which is uh, not really related to Spurs, but we're going to reference it. Um, Burnley have only beaten Spurs in a Premier League match at Turf Moor once during Sean Dyche's time as manager. We did beat them once before that. Uh, But which four teams have Burnley already chalked up three home Premier League wins against since Sean Dyche took over in 2012? Mm. Four teams that we've had three wins against at Turf Moor since Sean Dyche took over as manager in 2012. Can you get all just in, the, just in the Premier League or in any league? Just in the Premier League. So there are. Let me just clarify this because I'm not sure I'm getting this. So there are four teams that Burnley have beaten in the Premier League at, at home, home three times. Three times, yes. Just three times, or more than three times? Just three times. Just three times. Right. I I can think of one. I'm not sure who the other two would be, but I'll have a think. Excellent. There's four. Oh, yeah, no, of course, four. Well, I can definitely think of one. I'll have to think of the other three. My maths aren't great tonight. Um, Dave, let's <laughs> let's move swiftly on. Tell our listeners how they get in touch with their answers, please. Yeah, the best ways to get in touch, you can send us a direct message on Twitter. That's at never. Um, Send us an email, podcast at nonaynever.net. Or you can also reply on the post, which we'll put up for this preview show on the No Nay Never Facebook page. And we'll reveal the correct answer, hopefully, at the start of the next preview show. Yeah, I think I would add to that. You can also t- you can actually just tweet us. You don't need to send us a direct message. Um, I think mainly just because not always if we if you don't follow us or you send it or that sometimes it goes into our holding bank and I don't see it. So you can just tweet us. Um, but yes, do send us a message as well, and we will reveal the correct answer at the start of the next preview show. Exciting times. Get your thinking caps on. Um, That's all we've got time for this week. It's been a lovely, warm, fuzzy preview show as we count down to a fantastic three points at home to Spurs this weekend. A thrilling win and we all get to laugh at Jose's sulking. Um, My thanks as ever go to producer Matt for putting all of this together and getting it out there especially as we're a little late recording this week so he's having to to give up his friday night to get this out so thank you very much matt um my thanks mainly obviously to the main man himself our absolute superstar dave statman roberts who puts in an extraordinary amount of effort into this podcast and i just i enjoy it immensely so thank you dave it's always a pleasure um but finally my thanks go to you the listener um for downloading and listening to this week's podcast um yeah we wouldn't be here without you so thanks very much um godspeed to all clarets making the journey to turf more tomorrow get your singing voices all warmed up let's shout those boys on to victory and bring home those three points this has been the preview show brought to you by the known and ever podcast until next time 
TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. We understand that the journey as a supporter isn't always smooth sailing, but rest assured you're not alone. There's a vast network of fellow fans who share your passion and may be experiencing similar challenges. Honesty is key in any relationship. If your friend asks you how you are feeling, tell them honestly. If you're going through a difficult time, let them know. Opening up about how you are feeling can really make a difference. After all, they are your mates for a reason. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.